be really intentional about how you furnish um, and think about that because it can give you just a huge leg up on other folks who aren't thinking about furnishing and setting things up in the same way. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Vintory. Let's get real for a second about growing property inventory. It can be really challenging, complicated, and sometimes even expensive, right? Well, now we have a tool to help make this the least stressful and most profitable process possible. That's right. Growing your rental management company can be accomplished faster with the support of Vintory. We're talking a total property portfolio overhaul in just a matter of months. That's because Vintory is the first and only sales and marketing platform of its kind. Think about how you want your property portfolio to grow and what your main business goals are, and then experience for yourself how Vintory can help propel you there. Sign up now at vintory.com slash str and get a copy of Brooke's best-selling book from zero to 500 properties in five years absolutely free. Plus, you get a $50 Amazon gift card when you book a full demo today. Don't wait. Go to vintory.com slash str. Thanks for listening. And now it's time to get into the podcast. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, E? My brother. So good to see you, even though I saw you yesterday. I dropped you off at the airport yesterday uh, and spent the last couple of days with you down in Miami. But we had an absolute blast. Super grateful for, I don't know, bro, all of it, to be honest with you. I don't even know like how to qualify or quantify what I'm grateful for. It's just overall like our show, the life we have, the friends we have, the events we do. Like I just felt so good and I had such a good time. Met so many people that came to Nashville, super proud of all the people that came to Nashville and are now doing what they said they were going to do in Nashville. So overall, bro, I'm just, I'm just grateful, you know? So many, so many, um, awesome conversations and just great people at the event that were just like super open and vulnerable about like where they were on their journey and like where they needed help and some like real deep conversations, which was really cool. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, obviously we had this sick yacht party the first night, kudos to our our guest today, um, which we'll bring up here in a minute. But yeah, if, if you miss Miami, the FOMO was real. You saw it on on my stories and E's stories. And it was it was a really good time. Very different format than we did for Nashville. Obviously much smaller, 100 people, um, a lot more networking time and just like time to like get with people and mastermind around different topics, whether it was on the beach or at the pool or, you know, at the bar, wherever. It was just a really good time and super grateful for everybody that came out. It was yeah. uh, was a blast. Yeah. So. And and the small events in, for me, especially, right. I get kind of like overwhelmed at the bigger things. And that's why even for me, when I go to like masterminds I'm a part of, I don't tend to do the big mastermind meetings where there is all the members because I don't feel super comfortable there. And it just kind of like makes me smaller. I feel smaller there and it's, I don't feel as open to talk and said so in the little things like this one, cause you have time and it also, you see the same people and there's not, not as many people. So you are able to like get more comfortable and like just really you go deep instead of just going wide. And I think that's why it was so good, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Well, really excited for today's guest who we got to spend a bunch of time with the last couple of days. 
So today we've got Mark Stofsky. He is the founder of Minoan. And prior to starting Minoan, he was an early employee at Jet.com, who later got acquired by WMT in 2016 for $3.3 billion. Yep, that's with a B, where he managed a $400 million omni-channel P&L and spent a lot of time between the walls of traditional retail and e-commerce. After spending over a decade in retail, Mark saw an opportunity to shift the economic relationship between suppliers and consumers, specifically short-term rental hosts. And by turning these properties into showrooms for brands, the concept of native retail was born. Native retail is the idea of illuminating everyday spaces like short-term rentals, gyms, restaurants, et cetera, and turning them into showrooms for products and brands that are in those spaces. That way, consumers can test out products in environments which the products were designed for. And if they like them, they can easily learn more and even purchase them in that moment. It's been featured in TechCrunch, Forbes, and Sunset Magazine. Minoan is an all-in-one free ordering platform hosts can use to systematize furnishing. Hosts can buy from 200 plus brands at steep discounts and save the hassle of dealing with the messy logistics like tracking and customer service and all that jazz. And one thing that sets Minoan apart from other purchasing organizations is that they can also help turn your SDR into a shoppable experience so guests can order the items that they love from your stay and you can make a little extra money in commissions. So without further ado, Mark, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. I'm yeah, great. Man. I think we're all still recovering a little bit. Yeah, I missed you guys. So it's nice to hop right back on a day later. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. So I'm going to switch up the view here and put you in the spotlight. But why don't you kind of like walk us back? I know I went through your bio and you've done some amazing stuff, but like kind of like walk us through that journey where you kind of had that epiphany to like set all this stuff in motion in the short-term rental industry. Yeah, for sure. So I... um. You know, my background's in retail. I was at Jet, like you said. Jet sold to Walmart for a large sum of money. I went and worked at Walmart, which was on the store side, and learned a lot. But the biggest thing I learned is that the best product experiences, they don't actually happen on screens the way they do in e-commerce. And they don't happen on shelves and aisles, you know, the way they do in, in brick and mortar stores like a Walmart or a Target. The best product experiences happen in moments of use. And... uh those moments and spaces where products are being used are happening in, you know, spaces like yours or spaces that your listeners have where people are sleeping on a mattress for three or four nights in a row. They're cooking with pots and pans. They're riding on uh, an exercise bike to see how they feel. They're using soap and shampoo in the shower and lathering themselves and seeing how it smells, how they feel when they get out. I mean, the example, I'll stop. <laughs> There's examples of this for every product that's in one of your spaces. But, you know, it's just like, this is the, this is where the real moments are happening. And I was comparing like the richness of those moments, uh, sleeping on the mattress, using these products to like what goes on in digital marketing and e-commerce right now and how brands will pay like seven to $9 for a click on Google. And, you know, I was just like, well, if that's worth seven to nine bucks, a click, What's it worth to have somebody actually use your product and be immersed in the space your product is, have these rich moments over the course of three to four days? It's got to be worth a hell of a lot more than that. And that's where sort of this idea for Minoan was born. It's really rooted in this idea that the moments that happen between people and products in these spaces are incredibly valuable. Hosts are basically the new four-walled influencers. And the realization that like hosts aren't really getting credit for that value. 
And if, if you were to create a, an ecosystem where hosts were monetizing that value, they would pay a lot less for all the things they need to furnish their spaces, all the kitchenwares, all the bedding, all the furniture, and they would be able to earn money when they create a moment of inspiration where a guest stays and is like, man, I love that mattress, or I thought this art piece was so cool, or I love this you know, little workstation in the desk, and they buy something. And so we built sort of the platform end to end to bring that to life for hosts so that they can really like capitalize on their worth and the value they're already creating, but aren't really monetizing right now. I love that, man. And it's interesting because now, like, I look at it from a different lens of like, okay, cool. I can make extra commissions. But what I got super jacked about, which sounds like this kind of maybe developed a little bit later was like how easily you guys make it to order and track stuff. Cause like my mind is like an operator in my business is like the build out is the most painful part of the entire hosting process, in my opinion, because there's just so much to keep track of, especially if you're doing multi-built, multi-unit buildings or hotels or whatever you're furnishing 10, 20, 50 units at a time at, I think you said the number was what an average of 200 purchases per unit. That's like a bedroom. Room. Yeah. For a two yeah. bed. Yeah, two. there was 200 items for a two bedroom. Yeah. I remember because I almost choked on my water. As you say. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the back and I was just like, <laughs> that's why I hated it so much. And on the platform, sorry, Mike, I don't know where you're like, you're saying something else, but like the platform also, like I had never been on the platform and I went actually on the platform yesterday and it's super cool, super easy to use. And there is literally like, there is a little bit for everybody. Like everybody can look at it and think and see different ways to help them make money. And I think Julie was telling me, Julie George was telling me that there is a host in Joshua Three. Yeah. There is making about $600 a month from people just buying and shopping his SDR. And I'm yeah. like, that is insane. And especially if you're not trying to go size, but you're trying to go niche and just have a few properties that are just done super, super well. This is such a great way for you to just make back some of the money on, on the properties to the point that afterwards it just becomes additional money to your ADR, which is impossible to do anywhere else, right? Like try to go to Walmart and be like, I keep coming here and buying all this stuff. Can I have a little bit? <laughs> no. Like, how do you think we got to become Walmart? Like we're not giving you anything. No. Yeah. It, it really like. You know, I think historically, and this is definitely true in hospitality and, and, um, uh, both of you have big, like you have a hotel and then EU, I know you have a lot of units in a building, so you'll know this, but the P and L, when you look at building out like a hotel, there's F, F and E, which is furniture, fixtures, and equipment, which is a lot of the big stuff. And then O, S and E, which is operational supplies and equipment, which is like the linens, the towels, the soaps, shampoos, more of the like replenishable napkins, all that stuff. And those have always traditionally been looked at as cost centers, not really as investments, as a cost center. So it's like, oh, I have to buy the stuff. I have to put it in my space, in my P&L to cost center. And so I'm going to try and just like, you know, spend as little as possible. And then if you're playing in the luxury segment, you do start to view it as an investment where you're like, yeah, I'm going to spend a little bit more and bring in like a really nice soap and shampoo brand. But this is part of a larger brand I'm curating where I think I can charge an extra 100, 150 bucks a night. So I don't mind, you know, spending an extra couple bucks on soaps and shampoo. I think what's really interesting is that when you start to look at these things, not just as a cost center, but as revenue generating assets. Okay. Now I'm buying a mattress, but I can also sell this mattress to my guests. And like we do a 50, 50 profit share with our hosts. 
So if the profit margin on the mattress we're selling is 800 bucks, someone stays, they love it, they buy the mattress, that's $400 to you to just sitting there and, you know, you just sit back and collect your check. And then we take 400 and we manage the customer service, the routing of the order, you know, making sure everything gets delivered and set up for them. And so it's, it's sort of an interesting way of looking at this cost center. But the other, the other way that this actually improves the economics of your property is like, if you can get nicer stuff at a big discount, uh, and the reason we get good discounts is because we go to our brands and say, these hosts are also marketing partners, you know, like uh, for like a Burrow or a Casper or a Walker Edison or an article. It's like, hey, the, this host is going to basically sort of turn their space into a showroom where people can learn about your brand and buy your products. And so they're actually a marketing partner. They're not just a customer. And so they should be getting good pricing because of that. It allows you to then procure items at a much better cost. And so you can like furnish at a luxury level without paying for luxury level furnishing costs, which then you reap the benefits of it in ADR. And so there's lots of sort of components to this payback period. It's like, okay, does investing in a nice, I hear you guys talk about coffee. Mike, I think you're a big coffee drinker. It's like, okay, if I invest in a nice coffee station, maybe I spend a lot more upfront, but if this allows me to bump up ADR by 30 bucks, and if I expect I could sell like two a year, it's like, man, this thing actually might be net profitable as an investment. So that's a lot of like the evangelism we do in the industry is like, hey, like, be really intentional about how you furnish um, and think about that because it can give you just a huge leg up on other folks who aren't thinking about furnishing and setting things up in the same way. Yeah. And you know what I like also with, with what you were saying is the fact that you give an opportunity to people that may be more uh, budget conscious of a couple of things. One is the fact that you can buy or any stuff that is high, high quality or definitely higher quality than some of the stuff that most people will buy trying to save money for less. And two, if you're thinking about what you said just now, and if you have a property that let's say is like middle of the road, so you're like, I don't need to spend crazy money on crazy things, but if you can just come on here, buy a super, super, super high quality mattress. So the point is almost like too high of a quality for the level of property you have, but you know that that's going to make an impression because you're guaranteeing yourself for sure. You don't know how much time the guest is going to spend inside the apartment or inside the house, but I guarantee you they're going to spend at least six to eight hours on that bed. Right. Yeah. Maybe four or maybe two if it's after Miami. Yeah. <laughs> probably six to eight, right? Most of the time. And that way, if you have a, such a high margin, like you were talking about earlier, you can really sell and add a lot of ADR to your property in a way that it wouldn't have been possible at all. And you wouldn't have ever thought about, I can afford to buy such a high quality mattress for my property because you're like, I'm never going to be getting my back because people won't appreciate it to this level. Right. Now, even though they appreciate it once, one, for sure, they'll review you about it too, and then they'll buy it and then help you make back your money that you spend on it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I think to your first point, like the reason why we have 200 brands is because we do want to have suppliers and options no matter where you are. You know, what is your positioning? Are you luxury? Are you mid? Uh, we don't do a ton with like ultra, ultra, like complete oak people who are just hosts yeah. who are competing purely on price. Cause I think. I mean, if that's your MO is like, we're just going to be the cheapest listing in town, you, you probably should just try and get everything on like Facebook marketplace and just almost eliminate that cost entirely. But, but anything above that mid to mid to high to high to luxury, like we have suppliers, you know, we work with our house, our house, we have good, we can get you 
really good pricing on our house, but it's high-end stuff. It's like luxury. It's in super, super nice hotels. We also work with a lot of brands that are suppliers to Wayfair. And so that's more mid-affordable. You guys also work with Wayfair as well. Yeah, we do. We work directly with Wayfair. Um, I was just on a call with uh, them right before I hopped on on here. And obviously, because they have great breath and an assortment. Yeah. And so, but we also work with some brands who sell on, <laughs> who sell, you know, they sell on Wayfair and they also work with us directly. So is there something that you have done in the platform that you are surprised by? Like something that you like didn't think was going to be part of your guys' product? Um, or part of something that hosts would love and you're like, wow, we almost didn't do that or vice versa stuff that you were like, people are going to love this. And now you're like, we, we don't even need this. Yeah. It's funny. We, I mean, we, we actually stumbled into the upstream procurement part of the business. Like I told you my backgrounds in retail. The reason why we started Minone is because I stayed at a short-term rental myself and I was like, fell in love with the place. And I was, you know, my uh, partner and I woke up, we like, looked at each other. We we're like, we never sleep that well. Like what, what the hell is this mattress? Like ripped the sheets off the mattress to figure out what it was. We were checking the tags on the linens and we emailed the host and we were like, where'd you get this? Like, we want to buy it. Um, we also emailed her about the knife set and the, the cookware. Cause it was like in this nice small kitchen. We were living in New York city at the time. We had no counter space, but they did a really good job of like with limited counter space, having a nice setup. And so emailed the host she was like, oh, I don't know where I got it. Let me check. You know, sent me a few links like a few days later. I clicked into the links and I was like, these aren't even affiliate links. So like this host is making no money on this at all. We have no idea. Most hosts, and that's the thing, right? Like, and that's, I think that it's the beauty of all of the different vendors that have come into the vacation rental industry and like how adamant you guys are about helping hosts make money. Yeah. And I think one, this is the biggest source of, 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 like, this is why this business works so well, right? Because one, I love this component of it from my perspective, right? As a, as a real estate investor and a property manager, I can support so many, so many people in my ecosystem. And what I mean by that is as we grow, our cleaners make more money. They can hire more people. Our GC makes more money. All of my vendors make more money. They have more and bigger, bigger properties and that they make more money, right? So my ecosystem, it's so healthy that helps everybody grow. Now with this, I can even incorporate even more people, right? Like now my uh, designer can come in and then she can also be included in our profit share. And I know I was talking to Sage and Ali, and this is something that you guys are working on in the future. And so there is like, you can really have one or two, three good, good properties. And all of a sudden you are financially free on something that maybe you already love doing. Like you love to do the design and you love to share with people and you just don't have the know-how. And instead of having to figure out how do I create an affiliate link? How do I create a shoppable list? Or how do I create a Shopify account or an Amazon account or whatever all this stuff is? You just have you guys. And you have access to way better quality product than you're going to have access to anyways. So just yeah. bring all around. Yeah, it's like the, I think that just the maturity curve of this industry, and I talked about this on a panel a few days ago, the maturity curve of this industry has like gotten to a point where I mean, think of how many businesses just exist to provide services to short-term rentals, whether it's around pricing, whether it's around helping with acquisition, helping with cleanings, helping with guest communications. Like if you compare it to like the maturity curve of e-commerce, which I, you know, is more mature, it, we're sort of on a similar trajectory now, like a big thing in short-term rentals is listing optimization and SEO. 
right? It's like, th these are all things that uh, happened in e-commerce and are sort of now happening in this industry, which makes sense because at the end of the day, it's, it's just part of the digitization of everything. Like everything is online. <laughs> you know, we, we learn, we learn about everything online now. And, and in e-commerce, you've seen people monetize and diversify in like a few different ways. Um, yeah. And I think that hosts, you know, they have these assets and they are capitalizing on it in the experience economy and, uh, in bookings and ADR but they're not really fully capitalizing on the value from the attention economy, which is the market that like Facebook and Google dominate. I mean, that's what they do. Those are markets for attention. They have your attention, people pay them, they give their attention to whoever <laughs> pays them. It's, it's actually like kind of pernicious and a little bit, I don't know, I, I'm not crazy about the way that they do it, but they offer attention. I think that hosts have real intimate attention and they can, incorporate that into their business model in a way that's like not as off-putting. It's a little more organic. It's more natural. It's like, you're going to use this stuff anyways. Like if something, if, if a moment of inspiration strikes and you want to buy it, we're going to make that really easy. You know, mm -hmm. just scan a code, add to cart. You don't have to email me. You don't have to have me send you links. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and they do it anyway, right? I have people ask about our mattresses all the time. Like that's a common question. Like I can tell you, and that's why I fell in love with you guys as soon as I met you. I can tell you the amount of times that people ask me for the mattress. Like what mattress are you guys using? What mattress is this? I've never slept so well. And, and like, it's something that like before you guys, it's almost like a, oh, come on, like seriously, like it's a mattress. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like just, just, I know it's almost like a customer no. service issue. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like, are you complaining about something? Yeah. Like not worth do we, do we do something wrong? No. Okay. So what, what do you want from me? Like, so, and now it's just like, awesome. Not only, right. Not only do I not have to have that conversation at all, but on top of that, I can give them a ready to go, go here, click here and it's ready. And if you love the sheets or if you love the coffee machine, or if you love our outdoor lounge or whatever you like from our house, it's here. Yeah. So one thing I was going to ask Mark from like a tactical standpoint for hosts what are you seeing as like best practice like do they put like qr codes all over the house next to big items or like what's the best way i guess like like you said once they have the attention and somebody likes something like what have you seen work really well that like hosts are doing to to generate those that's a great question yeah the, the whole point is to be present but not overwhelming so you don't want to like nascar the space and have price tags and qr codes everywhere because that's like without like geeking out too much, that basically triggers something called persuasion knowledge model, where like, you know, people, when we feel like we're being sold to, we're much more guarded. We're like, well, get out of You're here. So what we do is, yeah, we'll set up one, we're like set up one code, you know, look something like this. It's a powder coated stand. It, it says, found something you like. Like it doesn't say like buy from us or add to cart. Those are very transactional loaded terms. We use very soft language. So it's like explore, find, discover, shop, like shop is a much lighter way to talk about um, this type of activity than like buying. And so what we'll do is we'll, we'll have them set up one of these typically by the guest book. If it's a big house, we might send them two or three, but we, we want to put them in like places where they feel normal and unassuming. And then, you know, the hosts that like really have this figured out and have like something that's really going for them. They also do a good job of bookending the stay. So a message pre-stay that says, hey, we put a lot of thought into each and every element of your stay. 
if you want a sneak preview of the amenities and products that are waiting for you, click here, you know, and that'll take them to potentially a version of the shop where they can browse all the items and the spaces and then post stay, you know, something like missing us already, you know, you can take the best parts of, oh my God, that's you know, the, the Tiki hut home from you, you know, and then we take them back to it and we just show them all the items. I mean, that's like, that's sort of best practice. And it's done in a way, again, like we work with, I mean, we work with a lot of short-term rentals. We also work with 50 to 60 boutique hotels. And these boutique hotels do like, you know, we're talking like 800, a thousand bucks a night. They're very, very expensive. And so when we design these things, and this is where we use our retail background, it's like, we're very careful about making sure it's done in a tasteful way that is experience enhancing where the guests can come in and be like, wow, like this is so thoughtful or oh, this is so interesting and not like a, you know, an ad that's like, buy this, like, check this out, like shop, you know, buy from us. So that, that's how we um, approach it. And that's the best practice when, when we look at uh, the property groups that are, have the most productive stores, like they do a really, it's really woven in, in a thoughtful way. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing that as vacation rental operators, we can take. And I think that where so many people that are coming from other industries do so well, is like, there is a lot of common knowledge in e-commerce and there's a lot of common knowledge in the psychology behind people buying things that you, you as a vacation rental operator owner, you should start kind of looking into. And, and if you were at the, at the event in Miami or if you were at the event in Nashville, I think that that's why Bill Fate is so amazing at what he does and why he has grown so exponentially because he takes what he knows about marketing and how to sell things and how to follow up with people and how to convert bookers or lookers into bookers like Mark Simpson says, and he's really good at that. And my argument, and this is the same thing that we were talking about at the event about like how common practices about how to grow a business are really the same across all industries because at the same time, like how to grow a big business is the same. Then you can just change your industry, but the general parts behind are all the same. Similar here, like if you're a great marketer, if you can write copy that makes people feel transported to your listing before they even get there, you have a leg up on the competition. This is the same thing here, right? Like having the right language of how to express something, leg up on the competition. And I think honestly, over time, as our industry keeps maturing more and more, the outliers are going to be people that continue to cross pollinate their short-term rental business with other stuff that they have learned from other places and continue to surround themselves with great vendors like you guys. Because also your website, it's super, like super friendly. It scrolls super well. And you can tell that there has been a lot of time and effort put into creating what you guys have made. So yeah, guys, I don't know if you can tell, I, I do like them a lot. I'm a big fan. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, man. No, it, it's, you guys did the work like I'm not, you know, I love it. I love it. So I guess the question for you, Mark, is I, I always love whenever we get like CEOs on, I always love to kind of like dissect the brain of the CEO. Right. And like, you know, initially the vision was, it sounds like, was like to kind of connect like these consumers with the hosts and like leverage, like you said, that attention. And it's, it's morphed quite a bit to add a ton of value to the host from a logistical standpoint. What's your vision for where no one's going to go and continue to innovate in the industry? Yeah, I think we use the word native retail because that I think is our core nucleus and what we're really passionate about. And again, native retails, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's this idea that the best product experiences do not happen on screens or shelves. They happen in real 
moments of use where it's contextually relevant. And really like any product that exists in the physical world has a corresponding native ecosystem. You know, you can, um, I'm in Stowe, Vermont, like with skis, it's much better to use them and go down a mountain than to swipe through images on a screen or like be in a store where someone's like, yeah, these ones are really good. You know, you should buy these ones. You like to go fast, good. Like it's better to use it. It's better to listen to music that you like and you enjoy on speakers in your own environment than it is to like be in a Best Buy and hit the play button and it plays like the one song that they perfectly tuned, you know, on that speaker in a store with a hundred people or like going on Amazon and scroll, looking at pictures of the speaker and trying to figure out if it's going to be the quality you're looking for. You'd say this for everything with coffee. Like it's better to taste the coffee, you know, have the water pour through the beans, see how it brews a cup, see how the coffee tastes. That's better. And so our vision is building the technology and the infrastructure to enable native retail everywhere. I mean, even like car rentals, like if you're to like rent a Tesla, use a Tesla for a week, see if you like driving it and then purchase it, you know, like it's actually crazy that people will just buy cars without doing it. It's such a large investment, you know, and uh, like you, I mean, we were talking about cars. Uh, so it's funny you say that because the last two trips I did to Orlando, when I got home, I bought the car that I rented down there and I just did it again the other day. Um, yeah. And it's, it's so funny that you say that. And like, as you were talking about the coffee, I was like, you were making me want another coffee. Right. But it's so true. Right. Like even when we were setting up the coffee bar in Orlando, I was like, man, I would love to work with like local roasters and just do like a little taste testing of like all these different ones. So like, it's like, Hey, this is Mike and Kristen's favorite local coffee. You can't really do that right now as it stands. So like, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. The vision is really to bring native retail and help support native retail and, and to have native retail be powered by lots of little smaller business owners, like rather than one conglomerate, it's sort of like the Amazon versus Shopify analogy. Like Amazon is the behemoth in e-commerce and then Shopify is the platform that's helping more of like the little guys have the technological infrastructure to go out and compete. You know, I think they call Amazon, like they use some Star Wars analogy, like they're the rebel force to Amazon's Death Star or whatever. Empire. Uh, Empire, yeah. <laughs> I say the attention economy, but it's really like retail and, and consumerism. It's like, man, that, that's really dominated by a few players that make a lot, a lot of money. But I don't really think that what, if you aggregate all the power of these other small businesses that have the power to create real meaningful moments in the physical world. I think it's much, 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 much larger. And so part of it's like, can you be the platform, the Shopify that helps the smaller players better monetize their space, better capitalize on their assets and, you know, break it up a little bit. And I think for us from like an actual guest or consumer perspective, it's the best way to do it. Our return rate on the consumer side is like 0.25%. It's insanely low. The return rate in e-commerce is like 20 to 30%. I mean, we have stuff shipping and then shipping back tens of millions of times a day. It's very wasteful. We don't have that in native retail. Why? Because someone's already used it. They know what they're getting. They're not going to get catfished, you know, the way you could on a website. 
And so you shouldn't ask me about the vision because I'll go on and waste <laughs> everyone's no, time. That, that's actually the, no. the next question that I had for you is it's, I know you guys are constantly working on things. I know you have a great team of people supporting you and around you. So I'm, I'm super confident that you guys are going to absolutely kill it in the future. So what are some of those things that you guys are excited that you are working on and some of the vision for what's, what's next, you know? Yeah, for sure. We're really focused on, on right now. I spent a lot of time talking about sort of the shoppable side, but we're really focused right now on the upstream sort of procurement part of the business, because that is also a pain. I mean, that's what, like when we're peeling back the layers of the onion and working with hosts, we're like, wait a minute, like you're ordering stuff from 20 different websites. Yep. How are you tracking everything in this Google sheet? What? How do you know how much everything's cost? Are you tracking the shipping cost? When's this stuff going to be delivered? How are you making sure you're on budget and on time? Uh, I, I'm not, you know, I'm just hoping it all works out. And we're like, shoot, like, well, we need to fix that. And if we can fix that, it's really easy for us to then help the host make their property shoppable because we're just giving them, here's your inventory, here's what you bought, here's what room it's in, you know, plug and play, boop, here's your shoppable experience, set it up. So we're really focused on the upstream procurement side. And a few things that I'm really excited about Man, we're rehauling our experience. So like browse and navigation to like help people narrow the range really easily. Like if you want a lamp or like glasses that are unbreakable or something like that, like doing better attribution to like really point people towards the right products. And then this idea of collections and, and, uh, and lists and user generated co collections and lists so that hosts can come in and build lists and say, this is my, okay, when I launch a property, this is my kitchen. I like the leeway cook set. I like the OXO cooking utensils. I like the caraway pots and pans. I like the OXO coffee maker. I like the, man, I don't know. Joshua tree coffee is my coffee beans. Like they can just build this list and save it. And then when they launch new properties, it's like, yep, move it over, order, done. That's it. <laughs> you move it over, you order it, you confirm the address. And it's like, all that's ordered. It's now you can track it in one place. Just like simplifying that process and allowing people to like publish and share lists. So if there's a host who's particularly proud of what they did for their outdoor patio, they can be like, hey, here's what I did. This is a desert style backdoor patio. I use these brands, this aesthetic, this style, this is what it looked like. And here are the eight items, you know, that I purchased. Like, you know, if you like this style, you can bring this in your own home. And it's almost also a format for designers to like push out their ideas in a more scalable way. It'll just facilitate like even more community in the industry, specifically around design and furnishing and curation. And so that's why like, like this idea of lists and collections, it's like, actually technologically, it's like a pretty big lift. Like there's a lot of things you have to do to get it right. As an idea, it's kind of simple. Like, okay, you're just gonna make a list of products and add that to the card. But the way that that can like manifest and evolve on its own and just make people's lives so much easier is something I am uh, really excited about. And we have, so much we want to do on the actual shoppable side with guests, like so many optimizations and so much data that we want to share back to hosts so that they can actually like, I mean, it, in an ideal world, when you're browsing, if you're looking at like coffee makers, it'll be like, okay, here's retail, you know, 200, here's what you would pay through Manoa and maybe that's 80. And it's like, by the way, properties that have this coffee maker tend to charge 10, $15 more a night you know, just correlation data, like at scale and the conversion rate is 2%. And so you should sell four to five a year or three a year, which should yield you, I don't know, like $60 in commission. So someone can like look at one item 
and understand the total lifetime economics, understand the payback period. You know, I know you guys are talking a lot about like knowing your numbers at this conference and like running it, knowing the P&L. And, and so looking at your assets, the things you put in your property with this level of detail is something that uh, we're not doing that. That's not something we'll have done maybe at the end of next year. I don't know. My CTO might be like, what are you talking about? But that's something we'll have done. CTOs <laughs> always, always try to keep along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. Continue to dream widely like that. You know, so the, that's that's like the biggest thing, honestly, that I was most excited about, again, from like an operator standpoint was like, yeah, it's I love the idea of making extra money on the commissions, but at at large scale, that whole build out process sucks. And then being able to curate those lists. I know you guys are working with Kristen and her whole team to as a designer. Yeah. She's doing all that stuff through you guys, which is going to be amazing. And then it's like when we go to launch the next unit or this next hotel that we're going to do, it's like, okay, here's our design for this, for these rooms. It's like, okay, boom. Now, if we want to reuse this, we have it. Like here's all of our standard stuff. So then once it's live, then my team can just go in and be like, oh, hey, we need this. Instead of being like, hey, Kristen, what was the link for this thing again? And it drives her insane. But like, that's what it is. It's a Google sheet right now. You know what I mean? So it's the most, you guys know this better than I do. So challenge me if I'm wrong here. It appears to be the least scalable part 100%. of running these operations. Like every other part of the business, you can build systems around and get really good at like the identifying the property, the acquiring the property, the setting up the guest communications, the getting the listing up, getting it on all the you know listing sites, getting the prices uh, dialed in, getting the cleaning set up, getting the communications dialed in. Like you can build systems for all the other stuff, but even the like big players in this industry who have raised hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital. Like uh, they struggle with this, getting the stuff in the space in a sense set up. And so that's what like, we wanna allow people to get that totally dialed in. So it takes less effort to get a better outcome, which is ultimately the thing that technology is just really, really, really good at. Um, yeah. All the other technology companies that help host build these systems for pricing and stuff do just that you know i just think we wanted we haven't seen a solution out there that does it to the standard that we think should be there for furnishing it's it's honestly because even if you decide to continue to grow into this business and let's say you're like mike right like you have you're gonna start like you have this next hotel coming up and this hotel is gonna have a bunch of rooms and a bunch of different types of rooms right and this this idea that you can just have a list ready and then in the future you have a list that you can work off of that gives you like 80% of what you think you need, even if you need to like edit it a little bit in the future, amazing. Two, if you are like us and you, for now you've been using like a bit everywhere, like wherever you can find the stuff you need, oftentimes, sometimes things are just not available, right? Whereas this, it, you have the perfect connection with somebody that works at scales and at volume to help you get stuff that maybe it's not available, right? Because like you guys are a huge buyer in a sense. So it's, you're definitely gonna have more pool than me going on my little Amazon account on my own and going to look at something that I bought in the past. And they're like, sorry, we're out of stock on this. Yeah, I mean, in some I, cases, not, but you guys have them all, right? They send them all to you guys. And I'm like, well, it's great. In some cases, we are going to suppliers and saying like, we're ordering, you know, whatever, 20,000 units of this, blah, blah, blah. Like, you better stock up on this. Like, cause this is a replenishable or we expect this to. So um, there are lots of cases where we're actually going to brands and saying like, this needs to be an evergreen skew, <laughs> which means, you make this forever. This isn't a seasonal item. 
No, exactly. Uh, yeah. And you guys can because you have the volume, you know, yeah. and, and like that's that's what really protects us is the fact that you have volume. And like it, it and like this is where the hotels have been like really excelling. That's where the quality of the stuff at the hotel is so much higher, is just because they buy it at scale. And a lot of the time then like the Hyatt, for example, starts make like they have their own brand of like towels and stuff. And that that's all, you know, that's all this is kind of in a sense. Now you yeah. can sell your towels like if you were the Hyatt. And instead, you're like Jill and Joe, they have their first SDR in the Smokies, but you guys have put all your love, all your money into it. You bought the best quality stuff because you guys use it as well. And now you get to make money on the quality stuff that you have. And maybe you make enough money that you can buy the same thing for your house that you don't have such a nice mattress because now, thanks to you guys, you made all the money you needed to buy the mattress for free. Yeah. And that is not a use of the platform. So don't use it for that. <laughs> if it happens, they have. Well, I, I'm I'm super excited. Um, I know we've been talking for a couple months at this point and getting all sorts of good stuff going on the back end, but um I want to be respectful of your time. But before we get into the last question, first I want to acknowledge you and, and thank you for building this amazing platform. It is absolutely needed in this industry. Um, thank you for coming out to Miami and sponsoring the sweet yacht party that we got to have this past week. Yeah, and right. um, and thank you again for your time for coming on here and sharing all this with, with the listeners. So before we get into the last question, where can folks learn more about you and Minoan and all that good stuff? Yeah, so we're you can find us minoanexperience.com. Minoan is M-I-N-O-A-N. We're on Instagram. Our handle is Minoan Experience. We have a blog where we post a lot of furnishing tips. You know, we'll, we're going section by section, how to think about linens, how to think about cookware, how to think about outdoor furniture. And so... We're, we're pretty active and pushing stuff out there. And then I'm pretty accessible. My email is just mark, uh, M-A-R-C at minoanexperience.com. I love talking to hosts. Um, yeah, so you can find us uh, a bunch of different ways. Careful, your email's about to blow up. ready. I love it. I love it. So the last question we'd like to ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? I think the the number one thing is being intentional about your brand and then every everything trickles down from there. So like, what is your brand going to be? Who are you going to go after? And it doesn't need to be like, you know, some people go like they build personas and it's like, you know, like Mike and Kate who live in Manhattan and like to vacate, like you can go that far, but just think about like, what is the the part of the market you want to corner? How does that translate to an ADR that makes sense? How does that make sense uh, from positioning? How does that tie into like services you want to offer? How does that tie into how you furnish uh, your property and position your property? I think that's the number one tip. I think that like, again, this is another thing from e-commerce. Or, well, it's really just in business. You can either be a brand or a commodity and commodities compete on price. You know, that's like Amazon basics or whatever, like something where you're like, I just need batteries. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just buying the cheapest one. That, that's a commodity. And you can be a commodity business, but you need to have massive economies of scale. And so that those little pennies add up to be a lot in volume, or you could focus on being a brand, which is, you know, you charge a premium, you have higher profit margins, but it's because you make people feel a certain way. You, you carry this uniqueness and distinctness that really works. And so my number one advice is like, be intentional about the brand you want. And 
there's lots of different brands that are successful. There's ultra luxury brands, there's more accessible brands, there's mid-tier brands, but be intentional about that. And that should give you staying power because you know markets will go up and go down, but when markets go down, the ones that get washed out are the ones that haven't been as intentional and are kind of along for the ride where it's um, tough to compete. And so I think that would be my number one tip. I also personally think it's like one of the most fun parts of it and the most creative parts of it. So that would be my my number one tip. Yeah, I love it, man. And like, once again, love you guys. Love you. Getting me to you the first time in Nashville, but like met you in Miami, got to spend a lot of time with you. Love the concept behind the, the business overall. And then something that you share with me at the conference that you didn't say just now, or maybe it was the alley or stage that said it, but it's just like with you guys. And if you're like a host and just getting going, getting started, you're like, maybe I shouldn't, like, maybe I'm not quite here yet. You guys give host an opportunity to buy something of quality once so they don't have to buy it twice. And one of yeah. my big mistakes when I got started, I was that the guy that went to Target and out there. You're the IKEA so, warrior. Yeah, the, the, yeah, IKEA, but like IKEA, like I wouldn't go for the towels. But when I went to, to Target's when they were doing their shop for college, I would buy all of their white towels. And then they were garbage after two and a half months or two and a half weeks or like whatever it was, right? Because they're not made for that. And similar to what you were saying, they're just made the cheapest so they can continue to have margins and sell as many as possible. If you're a host, that's where you're going to lose money because you're going to have to keep doing it over and over. So don't, don't do that. Go to somebody like, even if, if for nothing else, just buy higher quality stuff for less money. So it's comparable to cheaper stuff, but do it because it's, it's going to impact your experience. And with the market getting a little bit more competitive, the quality of the stuff that you have in your listing it's going to make a difference between you getting good reviews or okay reviews versus great reviews. And that's all I got. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, Mark, thanks again for being on here, man. Truly appreciate you and Ali and Sage and the whole team. You guys are rock stars and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you. And I mean, you guys bring two great voices to the industry. There are so many people that rely on the two of you to build strong businesses in the space that allow them to like, make a living. I talked to some incredible people in Miami and I left feeling really inspired about how this industry can really change people's lives. So yeah, you guys are the, uh, the stars here and I appreciate the platform to be able to come out and, and sort of evangelize what we do and, you know, help us, uh, help us as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pleasure. Well, thank you again. And for all you listeners out there, make sure you go to minnowanexperience.com. It's completely free. It's free. So go on there, sign up. It's an amazing platform. It's going to make your life so much easier. It's going to make you money. It's a complete no-brainer. And uh, I am a wholehearted believer in this in this product and in Mark and the whole team. So get out there, go check it out, sign up, and we will talk to you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.